there, I'm Dr. Amy King, otherwise known as Dr. Amy, and this podcast is the most important medicine. If you're a professional who wants to have a greater impact in the lives of children and families by building resilience, this podcast is for you. Join us to become a trauma-informed champion by nurturing connections through relational health to help kids and families thrive. Every time you join me, you'll hear practical information and leave with tangible tools you can use every day. Well, hey friends, it's Dr. Amy, and I'm excited to be here with you today. I am with um, a friend and colleague and incredible influencer, Ashley DeSano. Ashley is the mom of two boys, and she is from Portland, Oregon. She loves to run marathons, spend time with friends. She is a small business owner and co-founder with her best friend, Emily, of the Creepy Book Club, which I can gush about all day. Um, And she works in network marketing. She fell into influencing when her kids asked her to start a TikTok in 2020, which I'm sure we'll dive into. But um, welcome, Ashley. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you and be with you today. Me too. Um, Well, that's kind of your short bio. What else would you want listeners to know about who you are or what you're doing in the world? Um, I think it's really important right off the bat to just let your listeners know that I'm currently working through grief, that I lost my dad about seven months ago. And I think in these types of connecting conversations, it's important for people to just know where you are in your current season of life. So I'm in the middle of working through that and feel so lucky to have had the time that I had with him. So I'm at a place right now where I'm feeling really grateful and I'm just excited to share with your listeners um, how we take care of ourselves, especially during hard times. I really appreciate that. Um, For people that are listening and, and used to listening to the podcast, since last August, we've had kind of a theme every month. And the theme as we move into January is how do we reconnect with ourselves? Um, And for those of you that um, don't know Ashley, Ashley, maybe just tell people a little bit about what you do and some of the influencing you do, because I think that will really help people understand like how we find that authentic voice and connect with ourselves. Yeah, so I was a classroom teacher for 13 years and left the classroom when my youngest um, started kindergarten, just emotionally felt like I can't give my best self to my students and give my best self to my kids and stayed home with them. And that's when I got into network marketing. I didn't fall into quote unquote influencing. We all know I hate that term until 2020 when, like you said, my kids wanted to do some dances on TikTok. And I started sharing my experience as as a mother and as a woman moving through the world and quickly gained a following because I think I'm just willing to say things um, others aren't willing to say. And women felt really hungry to hear like, I love my kids, but parenting sucks. Um, You know, I, I love being a mom and being a woman, but I feel like I've lost myself over the years. So I kind of fell into influencing because I feel like people were hungry with what I needed to hear. And then that takes me back to my childhood. I was raised in a home where it was very much like, you are a white middle-class woman, you have privilege, how are you gonna use that to make the world a better place? So I was just raised in Portland with my parents being like, you have a purpose in this world and you need to help others and, and here's what that's gonna look like. So I was learned never to be quiet to, to make anybody else comfortable. Oh my gosh, okay, I, I wanna like dive into that, but first I wanna just validate what some of you, some of the listeners might've heard just then, which is you were a teacher for 13 years, and for a lot of my listeners, they're helping professionals, teachers, educators, health professionals, physicians, nurses. Um, 
what is life like beyond being in a classroom every day? Like there's life beyond being a teacher, right? Yes. And at the time when I left, I, I can tell you, I remember driving away feeling like I'm letting so many people down. But at that point in my life, I had to look out for myself and think, how do I show up as the best version of myself for my kids, my husband, my, myself, right? Like, how do I take care of me? And for me, that meant leaving the classroom. And it, and it took a few years for me to realize, oh, I'm having the same impact I was having in the classroom because I'm continuing to help others, hopefully through the messaging and the way that I like to connect people. Um, but I'll say leaving the classroom was a very emotionally hard decision. But the second I stepped away from it and reflected, it was very clear it was the decision I had to, I had to make at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was sharing with Ashley before we hit record today, you know, prior to this, I was hosting a meeting with physicians and we were talking a lot about identity and um, identity beyond your profession. So whether you're a teacher who feels like you're helping children in a classroom or a healthcare provider who feel like that's all your profession, um, you really have found a way to continue to have an impact in the world and uh, to share ideas and thoughts that at times can be pretty controversial. Yeah, I think so, polarizing could be the right term. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, tell us first of all about like TikTok and what your boys convinced you to do, and how you like leaned into that world. So, TikTok obviously twenty twenty. We are all home, stuck in our houses, just trying to figure out how to keep ourselves and our children entertained and staying positive. And my husband actually told me I should get on TikTok like a year before and I had never heard of it. And then when I looked at it, I was like, this is for teenagers. And I think he wanted me to get on it. So I just like put my crazy bear and not just to him because he's like, <laughs> you, need, you need an outlet. So I started with my kids just doing silly dances. And then I actually did a video that went viral because it was about 90210. I just played the sound. Like if you are my age and you hear this sound, you know what this is. And, and everybody was like, oh my gosh, 90210. And it kind of started a whole, um, it, it just went viral. And then I did another one that again, gained a bunch of followers about like, you know, kids these days think they know what it's like, but they didn't live through the nineties. They have no idea what it was actually like. And I feel like that got the ball rolling with finding a community of people who just felt similar in ways that I did and wanted to connect over social media and build this community. So it was through that that then I really thought I'm going to show them who I am and I'm going to put some messaging out there that I know is going to be potentially polarizing, but also in a way that I hoped to open people's minds. And I remember one of the first times I really went there was with George Floyd and it became so clear um, people who were not interested in hearing that messaging and then people who were and wanted to spread it. And then people who were willing to kind of listen and think maybe I could see the world and how I move through it in a little, dif in a little different way. Mm -hmm. One, one example that you were giving earlier was really identifying with people when you would say things like, I love being a mom and I can't stand my children sometimes or right. And, and in psychology, we use the term duality, right? You can actually have two opposing thoughts at the same time. Um, you know, I love being married and sometimes I can't stand my husband. I love being a psychologist and people drive me bonkers, right? Um, do you think that we've lost the ability to be able to hold two truths at the same time? 
Oh, that's a that's a hard question. I I think I think right now, as I'm kind of looking at the world, um, there are a lot of people who really have dug into this is who I am and what I believe, and it's really hard for them to take a step back and think, wait, what if I give this a second thought and really look at what she's trying to say? And I think one of the examples that comes to mind is like, I am a mom. I have my children, I had to go through fertility treatment to have them, but I'm also extraordinarily pro-choice and share that messaging and, and am able to help people understand um, that being pro-life for yourself doesn't mean you have to make choices for other people. So I, I think some people get so stuck in like, I am this way that it's really hard to want to change because people want to be right, right? It's our gut instinct to want to be right. So I think people are moving out of it. And I say people by just like followers I have on social media and those who connect with me that I feel like we're starting to listen to one another a little bit more. Um, but I also feel like it's a time where we we're just still kind of coming out of this pandemic and we're still in it. And it's hard for people to want to let go of anything that they might believe or that they are really rooted in as a like strong part of their personality and who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, to your point, right, when you are holding that duality of like, I have kids and I went through fertility treatment, and I love my kids and I'm pro-choice. How do you bravely, vulnerably is what I notice when I when I watch you, Ashley, bravely and vulnerably step into those spaces, um, knowing that people are going to be horrific at times? I honestly, I honestly think a, I just have a thicker skin, but also I have a thicker skin for people who don't know me, right? Like I am very thin skinned. If I believe I have hurt someone in my, in my life, that's a completely different thing. But it, when, when it comes to people on the internet, I honestly think if I'm sharing a message and it reaches the two or three people who might need to see it, that is well worth the 300 who are going to just blow me up with negative comments. Because you know what, if they're not negatively commenting on what I'm saying, they're going to negatively comment on somebody else's stuff. And that might not be someone who has such thick skin, who then might take it personally and leave social media or um, make light choices in their personal life based off of strangers. So I think I like to say things that can kind of get people thinking, but also really upset because I, I can take it. And I also know it's coming from a place of hurt people, hurt people. Um, and the internet is a really safe place for them to, to attack someone they don't know. Mm -hmm. So as listeners are, are tuning in during January, really thinking about like, how do we reconnect with ourselves and find meaning? One thing I'm hearing from you is, you know, we have to have thick skin for people whose voices really don't touch us or matter as much as the people who are in our inner circle. Um, how many people is that for you, Ashley? Like how many people deserve uh, your, you know, taking things personally or that their opinions matter? Like if you had to like give advice or offer to someone, how many people actually deserve to be in that circle with you? So I'll tell you at my dad's funeral, um, I actually, I don't want to call it that celebration of life because it was a big party. My very best friend was there, Emily, and she was standing, I promise this story gets to the point, and she was standing behind me. And one of my dad's best friends from childhood got up and he talked about how my dad was his first friend ever. 
And he said, you know, I think you get five people in your life at any given time. And I, like, I felt a chill go down my body and I wanted to turn and look at my best friend because I knew she would be sobbing. I would be sobbing because we always talk about this, that really, if you look at your life, there are often five people surrounded and they're not always the same five who are in your circle, who are kind of your like, you are my people, you are helping me at this in this season of my life. So I honestly think if I look at my current situation, my husband, my family, not included, there's like five five to six people that really, you know, know everything that's going on in my life and who I turn to if I need support advice. And I know that they do the same with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that you're saying, you know, these five people who are in your circle, um, people who are familiar with the work that I do know that I teach this exercise to professionals called the circle of support, knowing that you should have your core three to five people in that inner circle. And then you know, more supports in your village, of course, you know, other moms who are momming our kids and all those wonderful things that hopefully, if we're really lucky, we have. Um, But I think the important thing I'm hearing you say that I want the listeners to hear is that those five people are the voices that matter. And, And other people, right? It's not that they don't matter as people, but their opinions don't have to touch you in the same way. They don't have to be personalized in the same way. Well, and I think that also goes, I think we often look at negative feedback, but I think it also goes to positive feedback. Like there in working through this influencing stuff, there have been times on TikTok where I have moved too far away from who I am and gotten positive feedback from the the social media community. But my best friend has been like, "Ah, that's not, that's not you. Um, so it's it's also being willing to listen to those in that smaller circle who are going to call you out on your stuff, right? Like you can't just look for those people for support and pats on the back. They're the ones who hold you accountable for being who you claim to be and how and who you are when you show up for them. Oh my God, I love that so much, right? Allowing people to be kind of our anchor or our litmus indicator when we stray from who we are. Yes, or they see us starting to like... I just remember my best friend and I were on a walk and, and she kind of did this, like, I'm sticking my tongue out for the listeners. Like, well, like, I don't like it when you like dance and, and do that. And I had gotten positive feedback from people in the social media world about, you know, just being fun and funny. And she was just like, that feels a little bit inauthentic to who, to who you are. And actually I'll tell your listeners, my closest friends, they don't even follow me on social media. They could care less because they know that that's one part of my life and and my goals there. And then they know me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think your circle is who you really just need to know. Like, what do you think about me? What do you feel about me? Because this is a, this is like a persona. And although it's authentic, it's still a different version of who I am than, than to the people that I love. Right. And aren't those people so great and so grounding, right? Like I had this similar story, Ashley, where one of my very best friends came to a training that I did. And then she went home that night and her kids who've known me their whole lives, like for decades, right? Um, They were like, where were you? And she's like, oh, I went to a training that Amy was doing. And they're like, Amy, who? And she's explaining to them like what I do when I'm not just momming, right? And wifing and all the things. And they're like, she said, it's, she's actually kind of a big deal. And her, her kids were like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, she's not. And that's so important and grounding. Those are your people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to just make an observation. Um, so if you're not familiar with Ashley, you should become familiar with her. Um, I think your tag is lots of smiles, right? 
Lots of miles. Lots of miles. Everybody Sorry. always thinks it's <laughs> no, I love it. Everyone always thinks it's smiles because I smile so much, but I'm a runner, so it's lots That's of right. miles. Like I run lots of miles. Oh my gosh. I love I love that. I, I actually love that I thought it was lots of smiles because you are everybody does. <laughs> um if if you don't follow Ashley, here's one thing that you'll notice. And I, I think, Ashley, that this is what makes you so relatable. So I don't know, once a week, once every other week, you do kind of an ask me anything or tell me something that's going on for you. And it's anonymous, right? Can you tell people about this process? Yeah. So every Friday I do, well, not, I didn't do it this week. Sometimes if there's a holiday, I won't do it because there's more important things. But I do something called Confession Friday where it's just an open question box and people will share their confessions. And at first it was just kind of funny, like salacious things or like, oh, I'm, you know, having a fantasy about my son's baseball coach. And then as people realized this was a place for connection, a lot of people share, I mean, things like I'm really considering, um, you know, taking a drastic step and leaving this world. I'm not sure I can take it. And I choose to share you know, I get hundreds every week and I choose to share a, just the fun ones, but B, I share the ones that I think there is this community that, that I've built and that my followers have built. And what if, what if we can help this person and someone will share something about, you know, struggling with, um, a parenting parenting. And I will say, you know, does anybody have a similar situation? And if so, are you willing to connect? And then at the end of the day, I'm willing to send this person 15 or 20 people who have said like, hey, I'm in the same situation. I would love to connect with this person. Um, so hopefully that's doing some good connecting people because I think it's really hard to connect through the things we are successful in and the things that we find victory in. It, it, it's not that, it's about failing forward together. So I think we really connect on struggles and on you know, things like grief and parenting. So the more we can say you're not alone, the more someone feels like, okay, I can do this another day. Yeah, I 100% I agree. Um, the whole idea behind, you know, uh, connection for me and, you know, this podcast is so that there's less aloneness. And when I see those messages go up and, and I assure you, like, I, I think somebody might look at that with skepticism and think, oh, is this really anonymous? But I think as people trust you, Ashley, they see it really is anonymous, that they really can say, I'm thinking of losing my husband, or I hate my body, or I want to leave my job, or I want to leave this earth, or I'm struggling with substance use. And you see these things pop up. And I know as a psychologist that people see that and they're like, oh, me too, me too. The other thing, though, that I want to say as a huge compliment to you is the unconditional love you show those people that I think really helps them show up. I mean, people can say things, you know, this and this is why you should should be listening to Ashley's messages. But people can say things like I'm thinking of leaving my husband or I don't love my body. And like your response is so unconditional. Where where does that come from? Um, so a couple of things. One, I think people just back to the actual confessions, I think people are willing to share because sometimes it's easier to share with a stranger than it is with those who are closest to you and love you. Because, you know, as soon as you share with those people, A, you're worried about judgment, B, you're worried about being held accountable for what comes next. If you tell someone I'm thinking of doing X, Y, or Z. So sometimes I think people are willing 
to share anonymously, knowing I can see their name. They're not anonymous to me because they know I'm, I'm someone who feels safe because I'm far enough away. Um, and then I think when it comes to the response part, you know, we have all been through real life, right? Like right now, the season of life I'm in looks great. Other than losing my dad, things in my life are pretty damn good, but they haven't always been that way. I've struggled with an eating disorder and I have a sister who has gone through just a lot. Um, and my dad's life of chronic pain and a family that's just messy. So I think in responding to people, I just think there's, there's nowhere to go but with love and support, because if someone's willing to say they're struggling in a certain way, things are hard enough for them. So who am I to give them some advice that's like, I'm not happy with my body. I'm not going to say, cool, go to the gym. I'm pretty sure they've already thought of that. Right. So I think giving support and love from a place of allowing people to feel vulnerable and know, like, you have a group of people here who are going to cheer you on no matter what you decide um, or help you work through this in a way that makes you a better person on the other side. Yeah, it it clearly is a message that you send out um, of just unconditional positive support, uh, which I think is more of what we need in the world. Um, what would your advice or thoughts be? I know you, you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you're moving through a season of grief. And I know the message is that we move into a new year and, you know, new beginnings, but people are just people, right? And they're holding on. They might still be going through processes of grief or entering into these big changes in their life. Um, do you have just two or three pointers or pieces of advice for people that are just moving through hard things right now? Yeah, well, I think, number one, I am so not about new year, new you. I think if someone needs a calendar to help them, that's great. Like if you're someone who knows that's what you respond to, that's fantastic. I don't respond to that. I'm not someone who works well under personal pressure. Like I have a goal and I have to meet it by this date. That just gives me stress and anxiety. Um, so I honestly think I'll just say what has helped me and who am I to give anyone advice. But I think really deciding what it is that's important to you. And that can be as simple as I would really like to laugh once every day because I'll realize when I haven't laughed for a while because I laugh and I'm like, oh my God, that felt good. Um, so I think my best friend always tells me, I told you she's a psychologist, not to not to try to make too many changes at once because you're setting yourself up for failure. So really just finding ways to be successful. Um, so I think for anybody who's struggling or, or just trying to move through this season of life, finding one or two things that could positively impact your day, because it's about consistently having better days, right? It's not about this big goal. It's just about every day feels like a grind. What can I do to make the day to day a little bit easier? Just finding your goal for how you want to feel in a little bit of every day and then working towards that. So I just know like I have to get up an hour before I run because I have to have that time alone. And that makes me a better mom. Mm -hmm. I have to find some way to make myself laugh every day. And that can be as silly as getting on YouTube and being like looking up videos of people falling. So anyway, all that to say, <laughs> I think figuring out what it is you're looking for personally, and then what are the very small manageable steps you can take to help yourself feel that way. Um, 
And that can be big changes. That can mean a chat with your doctor and starting medication, or that can mean small changes. Like when I wake up, I'm going to step outside. I'm going to look at the sun and, and I'm going to start my day that way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, laughter. And I remember my dad passed away when I was 27. And uh, I remember laughing for the first time after he died. And I like caught myself and I put my hand over my mouth. I mean, people can't see me. If you're watching the video, you'll see it later. But I just remember smacking my hand over my mouth and and this gentle, sweet fellow resident student came over to me and said, you know, Amy, you can miss him and love him and still have joy. Yeah. And I was like, okay. That was like my first example of a duality, right? It's okay to be sad and grieve and be happy and have joy. And I think that's so important for us to really be connected with ourselves. Well, and I think we make these big goals that, given the human condition, are not doable. Like, I'm never going to make a goal of being happy. I'm never going to be a person that's happy all the time. And I, and I understand that. So my goal is that I'm an, I want to feel a little bit of what I consider to be happiness every day. And when I feel it, I'm going to recognize it and be like, see, that felt great. Like that's worth feeling again tomorrow. And I think we make these big external goals about things we need and things we want, which are great. We have to have those. But I think until we are able to manage our our own, um, I guess how we feel about ourselves, none of that other stuff is going to matter because you could buy the, the best, biggest thing, but if you don't love yourself, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I 100% agree. I remember seeing a post that you had written. I don't know. It was more than a year ago now about um, less happiness, more contentedness. Do you remember that? Can you say a little bit more about that? My husband and I have been together for 23 years. And I think there is this big societal pressure to be happy and to like, you know, be smiley and love your life. And um, especially around the holidays, you see these posts of families in matching pajamas and you're just like, oh, I don't even have my shit together enough to like have pajamas. Mm-hmm. Um, so my husband and I always talk about content and we feel like content gets a bad rap, but we are content. Like our day to day life is not full of anger or frustration, but it's also not full of laughter and happiness. It's just, it's just content. That's the only word I can think of. Like we are doing well together and we have moments of happiness and fun and laughter and love, but we also just respect each other enough to know that every day is a grind and we're going to get through it together. And if we focused on being super happy all the time, we would be too exhausted to do anything else. (laughs) I I really want listeners to hear this because so many of my listeners are in helping professions, right? Educators, physicians, nurses, home visitors. And I think they feel like every day they have to be working miracles. Every day they're curing something. Every day they're, you know, providing insight. But it's okay to just go into a classroom and be enough. It's okay to visit a patient and just show up that, that just that is enough. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't worked in a field like medicine. I can't imagine right now or, you know, watching my mom as a caretaker for my dad for, I don't know, the past 20 years. Um, I do think you have to give yourself grace in just showing up. Like there are obviously times where you do have to make decisions and you do have to act immediately to help someone. 
But there are also times where you just have to give yourself grace and say, I, I showed up and that's the best I could do for today. And it didn't make a huge impact on this person's life negatively or positively, because that's what was not what was needed. They just needed me to show up. And I did that. And yay me for just showing up. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, as we're kind of shifting towards the end, um, so my, I know you don't love the word influencer, so I'm going to ask you to define what you think influence is in just a minute. Um, but I think anybody who finds you has stumbled upon you somehow, Ashley. And I first found you because I was looking for good skincare products and you were that person. Um, and, and you're so accessible and so sweet and smart about it, like really smart about it. And then I started following you on, on social media. And then I was like, oh, there's a whole space where people can read murder mysteries and creepy books. And um, Ashley, we'll, I'll put all of this in the show notes, all the ways to, to find Ashley, but she has this book club uh, called the Creepy Book Club. And so um, you don't know this, Ashley, but now uh, every time I do, and I do really big public speaking engagements, I tell them I'm a murder mystery lover and we have book swaps now. So people can bring books and like swap one with me. Um, and so recently I swapped out everyone here is lying, um, which was so good. Um, but I just want to like also just underscore to you like um, that you really have an influence on people. How I know you don't love the word influencer, but how would you talk about what it means to influence someone's life? So I think I, I shy away from the term influencer because I always see that as someone who is using social media in a way to try to influence others to often buy something or, um, I don't know, it seems like, for me, it feels like a vehicle to something else. And I will say there are times I definitely monetize social media. So I think I support anyone for making money in whatever way works for them. But I didn't ever get into this for that. I got into it to build community and to allow people a safe space to share who they are. So I'll say what means the most to me is when I get messages from someone whose mind I have changed and not in an intentional, like, I'm going to change your mind. That's why I'm here. But someone who has said, like, I have been an evangelical pro-life, no exceptions Christian my whole life, but the way you made the information accessible and didn't make me feel bad for that helped me move into understanding that being pro-choice is a way to support all women or women who send me a message saying like, I felt really alone in, in honestly feeling like parenting is not what I signed up for. I hate this. And like you helped me realize that doesn't mean I don't love my kids. It just means parenting's really hard. And I'm allowed to say, I don't, I don't like that part. So for me, I would say it's, I don't know what the word is. It's not influencing. I think it's just allowing people an outlet to either A, express what they are feeling or B, be allowed to change based on new information provided by someone who's willing to not shame them for, for finally coming around to whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Two two really important factors that I hear you say in that about how you how you do influence Ashley are through connection, genuine connection with a unconditional regard and community. Would you add anything else? Any other special ingredients 
What I'm missing? Being able to not immediately say to someone that they are wrong or you're kind of disgusted by their position. So I definitely am to a point where there are people who are never going to see eye to eye with me. And that's okay. My point is not to try to make everyone believe like I do, because what a boring world that would be. But I also understand people come with a lot of baggage. And often people's decisions are made from places of fear or harm or, or not enough information. So I do think not being extremely judgmental until someone shows you their true colors, then you've seen them, you know, what they are, and that's your fault if you stay around. But I do think just being patient with people and knowing it is possible for people to change if your first instinct isn't to hate them or push them away because they don't see the world the same way you do. And obviously that is not talking about people who are like racist, misogynistic. Like there are people who you're, you're done. Like you, you are not allowed in my circle or anywhere near me, but then there are others who just need time, space, and a little bit of support to, um, I don't know, just continue to move forward in the world and make decisions that are the best for them and their community. Yeah. To just evolve as people, right? We all need yes. that. Um, any last thing? I have a, a few rapid fire questions here to wrap up, but anything else you want to add about just how people can be more connected with themselves as they move into a new year? Well, I would say two things and I'll make this short. I'm such a long winded person, but honestly, I think the work you do, I think podcasts are such a powerful way right now for people to find community because community doesn't have to always be the friend you have coffee with. I think in-person communication is key, but I also think helping yourself feel more connected can be finding others who are working through the same stuff. And that doesn't even have to be self-help podcasts. I listen to true crime murder podcasts, but that's because it's so far from my life that it helps me just take my mind off everything, which then helps me relax and feel less anxious. So I think finding those things, um, that just make you feel like you have a community or allow yourself to feel calmer in how you move through the world. That probably doesn't make sense, but I no, found I listening that. to podcasts and then I just the age old advice. I'm just going to say it because it's true. Moving your body. That doesn't have to be running. It doesn't have to be CrossFit. It can be a walk, but I just think intentionally moving your body and getting some fresh air every day can be literally life-changing. I agree. I agree. If we look at study studies of centurions, right, people who've lived 100 years, it's one of the core factors. They're in community and they move their body every day. So yes, 100%. Um, okay, just three rapid fire questions. Uh, the first one is, uh, what do people get wrong about the work that you do? So what do people get wrong about influencing, about you know, gosh, Ashley, you do so many things. You do skincare and you give tips on running and you have this incredible business book club. And like, what do people get wrong about this work? I'm not going to say it's about the work, but I'm going to say what people get wrong is that they think I'm an extrovert, that like, I am just like, blah, all the time. And I am not. And it freaks people out when they meet me for the first time, because I'm an observer. So I will watch for a long time, decide what the group that I'm in kind of needs from me and show up as that person. And I'm also pretty quiet. So I would say through the work I do, people imagine that I am just like on fire all the time. And I'm, I am not, I, I need to be alone or with my best friend or my husband to recharge. 
Um, but I'm not the extrovert people think I am. Uh, I love that. I love that. Um, second question is what's one thing that's bringing you joy in your life right now? I just got instinct, my kids, even though I'm like, God, you make me insane. <laughs> but I do think it's, you know, we're in a really cool phase. They're 14, they're 11. They are like, they're humans now, instead of just like things I need to keep from sticking their fingers in outlets. So they, they bring me a lot of, a lot of joy and they're so different. I just love watching them move through the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and last thing is it's 11 o'clock at night and you're um, craving some kind of food. What do you reach for? Cereal. I am not healthy. Nope. I am like a Lucky Charms, Fruit Loops. Um, <laughs> the, the more sugar, the better. And my friend who's a, who's a dietitian who I work with when I'm getting ready to train for marathons is like, that's the worst possible choice you can make at 11 PM. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't care. It feels good. It tastes good. Like, give me those honey nut Cheerios. <laughs> I'm with you. I survived on that during college. Um, thank you, Ashley. I, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, um, you know, the community that you create, I, I, I tell people all the time as a psychologist who does therapy for people that there is therapy outside of the therapy room. And I really think that the space that you have created is mental health and community and belongingness for people. Um, and I, I really mean that. So thank you for creating beautiful communities. Um, it really gives back to the world. I appreciate you. Thank you. And thank you for everything you do and letting people know um, the world's hard and it's tricky, but we can we can do this, right? Especially with a community of people who we know are going through some of the same stuff. Like life is hard and life is messy, but it's it's pretty worth it. It's so worth it. And we'll link up to all the things in the show notes, how to be in touch with Ashley. Where can people most easily find you? So on Instagram and TikTok, I'm lots of miles. That's the easiest place. If you want to message me, Instagram's the best way. And then the Creepy Book Club is our website. If you want to read with us and we do an in-person retreat once a year. So if you want to hang out with us in person, we always have a blast. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ashley. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that's it, friends. If you like what you're hearing here, please download my free resource called 10 Guiding Principles to Nurture Connection and Help Children and Families Thrive. This is the most important medicine. Keep listening to other people's stories and let them transform you. And keep sharing yours because your humanity will heal others. Bye for now.